Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all of Gibson, PC. It is Saturday, the third day of February. Anno Domini 2024, and you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And it's six minutes after the hour. We are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes. Did you pay your dues? Don't get the blues. Here comes the news. Yeah, today's 2324. It is. Yeah. The first human patient has received a Neuralink brain implant. According to Elon Musk, the procedure was apparently successful, with Musk saying that the individual is recovering well one day after the surgery. Of course, Musk has issued many statements that turned out to be less than 100 percent truthful. So make of that what you will. (laughs) Neuralink, which aims to create brain computer interfaces, began recruiting human patients for its first clinical trial last fall after getting the green light from the FDA. At the time, Neuralink said that people who have quadriplegia due to cervical spinal cord injury or amyotropic lateral sclerosis, ALS, may qualify for the study. The individual goal of our brain-computer interface is to grant people the ability to control a computer cursor or keyboard using their thoughts alone, the company wrote in a statement. Musk didn't share any other details about the procedure or the status of the trial. He said that initial results show promising neuron spike detection. Successfully implanting its device into a human patient would be a major milestone for the company which Musk has claimed could one day enable people to experience alternate realities. The company is... uh, People have been facing alternate realities since the 60s. Just good drugs. The company is also facing a federal investigation for allegedly violating animal welfare laws. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Neuralink's brain chip has been implanted in a human. Your choices are, can't wait to get mine. You go first. Already chipped via vaccine, thanks. And not on your tintype, buddy. So far, we have 19 votes. And uh, you go first and not on your tintype, buddy, are tied with already chipped via vaccine, thanks. Not far behind. Shockingly, no one has voted for can't wait to get mine. And, of course, not only can you vote in the poll, but you can also give us a call to talk about that or dang near anything else. 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Yeah, back in the 60s, it was called LSD. You're right. It's kind of a neat idea if there's a break in the wire between, you know, your head and your legs. Well, well, that's been the thing. Running a wire, bypass it. Yep. Well, that's what they've been trying to do for decades because of a lot of spinal cord injuries or just uh, being able to remap the brain. Right in some areas because it's not quite making the connection. When when people have strokes, the brain often rewires itself mm-hmm. between one you know around whatever the the problem is. But there are more traumatic injuries that cannot be um, shunted around, and that's what Neuralink is is planning to do. 
uh, and they say they've successfully implanted some. They didn't say they successfully got a paraplegic to walk. No. They said they successfully implanted something. They just say they put something in the guy's brain and he didn't die. Um, to and, see if they can rewire stuff and, well, and from it, their right, right. program. And that's, that's step one, and I get that. You don't, yep. you know, you crawl before you fly. I get that. But, well, it's like the first artificial heart. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. you know, a me- big mechanical thing. And nowadays the... Wasn't it outside the body for a while? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And nowadays it's, uh, uh, you know, yeah. oh-hum surgery and well, doing that stuff. And this so. is such a common... Uh, sci-fi trope um, um, to have a neural link in your head. In fact, the the, the book series I'm reading now, uh, everyone has an AI in their head and a link to right. everyone else's AIs. Right. Um, and uh, and so we're we're sort of at the beginning of that now, where we have glasses, uh, Google Glass, uh, the new Apple Vision, um, that can show you people. While you're looking at them, you know, this is Bill and his wife, Mary, and their kids. And, you know, so you can see information about that. Yeah, I saw a demonstration yesterday on those new glasses. Yeah. So right now it's a, it's a big set of goggles. Eventually it will yeah. be glasses and then eventually contacts and then eventually an implant. All right. We had the glasses, though. We had Google Glass. Yeah. Well, these, That though, was an experiment. The, yeah. the guy right. that was wearing them, it looked like you could see through them, too, just like regular uh, visor glasses. Yeah, ish, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's... It's a screen. Right. And it takes pictures of your eyes and projects them on the screen. So you you don't see through it. The the cameras on the outside show you, and the cameras on the inside show your eyes to people. Oops. And there's a little knob where you can turn up how much pass-through you get. Yeah, and eventually it'll be like, I want to have raptor eyes or I want to have yeah. you know, cats. And the, the, our, one of the early artificial hearts was designed by Paul Winchell, the the ventriloquist. Oh, really? Did you ever see the old Nestle's commercial? Oh, heck yeah. With Farfel well, the dog? Yeah. That was Paul Winchell. Yeah. Also the man yeah, who I invented remember. an artificial heart. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, one of the channels yesterday was running a marathon of Groundhog Day over and over and over again. And of course, so we got, was. We, got, that we got sucked into it. Uh, and they had a commercial with... Um, um, Tobolesky, who played Phil, and uh, uh, um, uh, Ned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at for a potato chip company, where he's in line at a grocery store, repeating everything the woman says as she's saying it, recreating the character from Groundhog Day. Nice. So they 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 must have made this commercial specifically for the Groundhog Day movie, but everyone knows who he is. It's one of these character right. actors that he's done everything, and everyone knows him. Right. Tall, right. tall, lanky, bald. You look at. You, you know, obviously there's a pay disparity, but you look at, you know, some stars who've made 25, 30 movies, and then you look at the background people yep. who've made 106. Yeah, Stephen and, Tobolesky, um, uh, 288 yeah. acting credits. Yeah, yeah, pretty amazing. All right, to the phones. Our first caller is Mark from Greece, New York. What's up, Mark? Not on your tintype. Not on your tintype. Thank you. How about your derogatype? You have anybody who's seen that movie Upgrade with Logan Marshall Green? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh yeah, that he gets a uh, he gets a chip implanted because he's a quadriplegic, and it and he walks again, and it becomes sentient. Uh huh. Ah, I'll I'll leave it there. You watch the movie. (laughs) 
always take it to the to the uh, extreme for uh, for movies and right, the, right, Franken, right. the Frankenstein they complex. Right. Yeah. It, it. 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 You know. I can't. I can see that happening in in the future. Maybe not right away, but you know. Well, do I, I you think want? I'll go without a chip. Do you want something implanted in your head from the guy whose cars catch on fire? Exactly. I'm not sure I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't want to be a quadriplegic either, but do I want something in my head to become sentient and take over my body? Yeah. Well, I'm more more worried about it going wrong. There were movies with transplants. Someone gets a transplanted arm or something, and the arm... Yeah, takes yeah. takes the personality mm-hmm. of the other person and, and overwrites right. your body. Yeah. Right. So now we've moved well, into technology. Yeah. Well, I I I'd rather go the safe route. <laughs> right. Right. I yeah. get it. I get but, absolutely get it. I'm you know watch watch that movie. It is incredibly good. I will watch it. Thank you. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Yep. Well, to be more realistic, I'll put it on my list. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of movies. Well, the thing of it is, though, too, going to the brain. <clears throat> excuse me, going back to the brain. There are so many areas of our brain that we don't even utilize. Scientists have said for decades, our brain is one of the most un- uh, unutilized products. That whole ten percent thing. I'm not sure that's true. I'm not. Well, they're, they're, I'm not sure. Just that's the true. way they've mapped it in right. some areas and all that other stuff that. You know, versus, say, genius versus this person, that person. There's just, and it's just, again, the way they're wired. Yeah, Einstein's jar, brain is in a jar somewhere. Yeah. And it's uh, I, most under, misunderstood right. organ, right. That I think. On the other hand, you know, maybe we're just being Luddites. I mean, I'm sure that the first person what? who got a, a heart transplant said, this was, this was done by the guy who's got a puppet named Farfel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what what and, am I doing here? And he used to do the uh Unless he makes the very best. Yeah, boom. His mouth was shut. Yep. That was Farful and that was Paul Winchell and he's one of the he invented an artificial heart. I remember all those old Of course I'm old enough to remember. You're old enough to remember them. Yeah. But yeah, it it's um uh, you know, and the first people... I mean, we see it now. They're making 3D hands for amputees. Yep. You know, I, Skip come Meats on. here in town has a company that does that. Who does? Skip Meats oh. from um, Cider. Yeah. They worked in the RIT um, uh, 3D printing lab, I guess. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, and he's mostly doing juvenile ones because they're, you know, that's... <clears throat> well, the problem the problem is they grow so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you need to replace them quite regularly. Which is... Easier to do with uh, you know being printed. able to three D print them, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and cheaper and to three D print them. You can make it exactly fit as a, you know one of the problems they used to have. I don't know that they still do. One of the problems they used to have with artificial legs was they didn't fit well. Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable. They'd cause a lot of sores and everything right. else on the, say the person's leg or anything right. else. You now know. part of that is you're putting your weight on it, and I get that. Yep. I, I do. But part of it is they just, they weren't really designed specifically to the person, which you can do a lot easier now with, with laser mapping of the mm-hmm. surface and then create the thing for 3D printing and uh, yeah. you're on your way. So, um, yeah, I get that. Um, and and it's, it's a huge boon. And, uh, but it, the problem is not, 
I think the problem is that it's so conceptually invasive to put something yeah. into your brain. That's why we're going to start with glasses and, and then right. eventually contacts. And <laughs> Right. I, I've said this a million times. I recognize faces very easily, but names elude me, mm-hmm. particularly when I'm under pressure. I forget people's names. I want a pair of glasses where it shows, you know, yep. Dave Enright yep. over your head. One of the tricks. Like, like uh, um, Second Life. Second Life used to do One that. of the tricks yeah. for that is, uh, where are you working now? Do you got a new business card? Yeah. <laughs> no, for and me. And then, it, of course, the answer is, no, I'm in the same place. Yeah. Right. Well, See, that, for, then your wife whispers over your shoulder. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. For me, it used to be Lori. Right. Because I'd sit there, because if I couldn't, I, I go, can't remember his name. She'd go up, introduce herself. And you go, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. <laughs> Saved my butt a couple of times on that one. Yep, yep. My wife does the same, and it's... Uh... Well, like you say, it's just... And it's not anything that's unique. It happens to, I'd say, over 75% of the population. Right. Of course, you wind up getting some folks, and you wonder how the hell they do it. They can remember every darn person they've run into and their family and <laughs> yeah yep. that's you know that's what makes a good politician yeah and and the ibm reps had a were trained to do it they would you know when they when they met you they would repeat your name two or three times hi i'm nick francesco hi i'm dave enright hi dave how you doing dave listen dave let's talk about these computers yeah. dave so that it would ingrain itself into your head yeah, I had a boss at Kodak, and, you know, we'd have our holiday parties. Like I say, he could remember everybody's name, of course, because you know, we worked there, but then the wives' names, too. Yep. And it's like, holy crap. Yep. He just had a good memory like that. And, like, me, you tell me, you, you know, some get in the crowd and tell the names, and as soon as I turn around, it's like, what was his name again? Uh, I just, I had that experience, actually, on uh, Facebook last night. It was chatting with a very old friend of mine. Um, and, uh, and you know, she said, how's Elaine doing? I said, great. And I started to write back, how's Roger? And I thought, is it Roger? Mm. Is it is it Roger? Mm. I, there was just that moment where I've, how, long, how many decades have I known these people? And it was just that moment where I thought, yep. is it Roger? It's terrible. It's Tim. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Roger. <laughs> but I, I've told this story before. I was walking through Midtown Plaza. This is how long I've had this problem. With quite literally my, my f- first friend, Lou Fico. Lou and I are walking through one of the seven Lou Ficos that were in the family. The, uh, Lou and I were walking through Midtown, and Betty Mayer, who used to own Bowingles Cafe, came up, and I was chatting with her, and I went to introduce, and I said, uh, this is Betty. Betty, this is... Couldn't remember. My oldest friend in the world. And, of course, Lou, being my oldest friend in the world, was not going to help me Oh no, he's even a little bit. Hang, let, leave you hanging out there? He absolutely did. And I said, and I've known him since third grade, and here's his phone number. Here's his house number. We live two doors away from each other. I, and I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> Terrible. Just, yeah, it just, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And and the and the more pressure I'm under, 
uh, then the worse forget, it is. Yeah, no, you're. Yeah, that's no. going to be pushed back, and it won't be until the middle of the night. Yeah, and all of a sudden you wake up and it's like, oh, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. That, now I remember that, and it's like, okay, no, and literally two minutes later after she walked away, I said, why didn't you help me out here, Lou? Lou, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am a gnomic, and that is an inability to remember nouns, particularly proper names. So, and the same thing would be like, you know, I'll say, hand me the screwdriver, and then a minute later I'll say, yeah, give me back the the thing the, with the yellow, orange handle. Give me the, the thing over there. The name's yeah. just gone out of my head. Fortunately, that you don't have the face blindness. So if, right, if you right, right. remember faces or names, that'd be really hard. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Faces I know, uh, names just just disappear from me. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. Um, I have yeah. I have trouble with faces, but voices I always, especially in in, in movies. Where do I know that voice from? Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, my wife does that. She's she'll be listening to a TV show. Yeah. And she'll say, "Oh, it's nice to see that one's getting work." Huh? You, you didn't look. Yep. And she can, you know, uh, if she watches Downton Abbey, like it's a religious event, it, it's on all the time. And we've we've gone through the six or seasons, I think they are, over and over, to the point where I know the plots. Yep. <laughs> and to me, most of them have those deep, sonorous, English-trained, rata-trained mm-hmm. voices, those deep... Mm-hmm. Voices to me, they all sound quite similar. Elaine can pick them out one after the other, no problem. Mm. Yep. Now, my wife does uh, uh, watches old movies all the time. Yeah, and so whenever there's an old person in a current thing, I go, "Surely, who's that?" And she knows. Yeah, like she can she can age them fifty years and know who that was. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Sandy not, will do that to me. She'll say, yep. "That's so and so." I go, "Who?" And she'll go and tell me. The different movies they were in, I go, yep. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's only 52 episodes of Downton Abbey, so they, they get, even at one a week, that's, you know, repeating every year. And if you watch one a day... <laughs> she watches three or four a day. Yeah. She goes over and over and over again, and then we watch the movies. For, but for her, there's something to just put in the background, you know? Yeah. Just to have something familiar behind you, making it not silent in the house. Yeah. Really is how that works. I get that. I do. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Chuck from Penfield, New York. Hiya, Chuck. What's up? Hi, gentlemen. Uh, have you addressed an issue with a security update to Windows 10 that doesn't seem to want to happen? No. That we- doesn't narrow it down any. Okay, well, <laughs> well, I figured it was, it's been going on for about three weeks now, and I thought maybe it was kind of broadcast the whole world was having a problem, but maybe it's just me. This is a security update uh, for Windows 10, 64, uh, x64 version. Um, it downloads, then it says it's installing, and then I get an error. And I've got uh, two desktops and three laptops, and they all do the same thing. Yep. Um, that's You're not alone. Okay. KB5034441. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. I've, I've I've been online and it's reboot your machine, try it again, and and that kind of stuff, but that doesn't help. Sometimes um, installing it manually, downloading just that update, and installing it yourself rather than letting Windows Update helps. Okay. 
Yeah, but but lots of people are are complaining about this one. Um, the 185 pages on Microsoft's answer page. Right. <laughs> oh, geez. Right. I, I missed that one. Let's go to last and see what they say. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, it's the it's the latest update, and and it's uh, the 20. 2401 security update for Windows 10 version 22H2. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it says it's available. It says it's downloading it. But you don't actually get it installed at all. So right. yeah, It gives me an error encountered, encountered. And then when I go check the error, like I said, it, from what I've found so far, it says, you know, reboot your machine, try reinstalling it again, and the usual stuff that you probably already tried. Um, right. You said there's a big write-up on, on Microsoft's site. Yeah, I just, I just Googled Windows 10 security update failed, oh. and, and that was the most recent one. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but, yeah, so there's 185 replies to someone saying they, they have this problem, and I don't well, think... My hopes was if, if I let it go for a few weeks, Microsoft would have fixed it by now, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not... Yeah, um, we're not thinking. We're not to the no second lie. Tuesday in November. Or in, in right. November, we're not to there either. We're not to there either. But the second second Tuesday in uh, in February is when they'll release the next updates. Um, so that'll that'll be a, a next uh, an, oh in two weeks the thirteenth. You also have to remember that Windows ten is not the priority for Microsoft at this point. Yeah, yeah. twelve. Right, eleven yeah. eleven is is a priority, and twelve will be a priority. Well, so what what does the world do? I've got. Only one machine that says it's it's capable of one running Windows 11. What does the rest of the world going to do here? Do you want the Microsoft answer or the real answer? Yeah. The real answer. I, the I, real answer is you you either you have two choices, you three choices. Nobody expects this Spanish acquisition. You can either keep running 10 and it's now not secure. You can move to Linux on that machine or Chrome or Chromo or Chrome OS Flex. Yeah. Or you can buy a new machine. Those are the only three choices you have. Oh, <laughs> and and running. Uh, I'm sorry. That's. Yeah. But the thing of it is, though, and we've talked about this for a few weeks now. What does a business do? What does a company do that's got 200 of these machines throughout Same the thing. They, They're going to have to. They pay to go- Microsoft 50 bucks a seat for uh, uh, to extend the support right. even farther. Oh, okay. Well, a lot of places though, though are starting to look at Linux. Yeah, they are. Okay. I mean. Even our my company okay. that I'm with, um, we're looking at go, going over to Linux because mm-hmm. they've got old Windows Seven machines. Okay, and you know it's just too darn costly. But you'd be amazed because folks will sit there and say, "Oh, I don't, I can't do Linux." You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, they hear a different name other than Windows and they think. Yeah. Free, well, you know, brain freeze. And most people don't do Windows anyway. They do a web browser. They yeah. do yeah. a text editor. Yeah, well, I'm familiar with Linux in, yeah. the, in the Unix days where it was command line everything. So Well, this well that's is, the other part of the problem. People hear Linux and they yeah. think command line. Yeah. 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 And nowadays you can make it look just like Windows. Or Mac. Yeah. Will, or it, Mac. will it run your Windows apps or is that not becoming You can run issue? some of them and there are equivalents. Okay. So maybe you're, you know, we've talked about this many times with mm-hmm. things like uh, Open Office. Mm-hmm. You know, ninety nine percent of the routines are identical. Well, I'm, I'm talking things like Quicken and 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 that like. You, you can find equivalents to those, or you can run them in Wine. That well, I wound up because I was Money Dance. Yeah, Money Dance. A Money Dance is a free app because that was the only thing that was holding me back because I'm a Quicken user. Yeah. And I looked at Money Dance, 
and it looks exactly like Quicken. Okay, I'm writing that down. And here's <laughs> one. I've been out looking, and I haven't found anything. Okay. Uh, all you got to do is ex, you know, save your uh, export your current data out to your desktop from Quicken. From Quicken, and then you load Money Dance, and you can import it, and it looks like. Just like Quicken, and I like it even more because of the way you can set up other features and everything else, and it's a real nice desktop. Here's the key: it's free. No, yeah. is it who who supports it? Because with, well, that, when you're dealing with my money, now they, I get a little bit antsy on on who's supporting what. They also have pay versions for um, uh, business users. Okay, okay. So you can do it either way. All right, we got to take a break. Okay, thanks, gentlemen. Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and with you. It's 30 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That would be Sound Bites right here on the Truly Great and Truly Grateful to You that we continue to be member-supported. Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 36 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbite. That's good, happy music. It is good, happy music. Uh, hot Dog in the forum said one in the chat said one right. We see the forums return. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm just, it's one of the very unsecured features that we had, so I'll have to figure out that. Well, you had like hundreds of spam sign-ups an hour. Just so many, yeah, 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 just hundreds an hour. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, <coughs> just horrible. I'm um, trying to keep up with it. You know, that can be a full-time job just yeah, there. yeah. I do, I do that for the um, company that I'm part of. They get every day at least 25 if, or more fake signups that I have to call out of the database and everything else. Pain in the patoot, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, you know, well, they're fishing and trying to, uh, they don't know, you know, you might be a hot pot uh, prospect to be able to be hacked or whatever. Yeah, that they can get into your system and steal emails and uh, other pertinent information. And that's why we tell folks all the time, you know, even though you still got to have a virus, antivirus software, it's getting to be more and more important that you have, you know, spyware and malware protection because right. that's where they're making their money. Back in the day, you know, they do viruses. Oh, yeah, we had, we got into this company and hacked them and shut them down. Didn't do much. They didn't make any money out of it. Yep. But now if they can get in there and steal emails, create a little program that sniffs out and goes out to the millions. That's millions Steals of your computers. email addresses. Yeah, you, and yeah. grab email addresses. And then they can go to Amazon and say, forgot password and email me. Right. And then steal your Amazon account and buy everything yeah. up. It, it is, it is important. Many, much malware is being sent out by viruses. So you still do need antivirus software. Yep. But have you all do three. need both. You do need both. And it's a, 
it's important to be aware of it. And the other, but the other problem is you have to engage your brain. One of the things that that we're really seeing is the social engineering that goes on. People get calls from Microsoft mm-hmm. and Apple, you know, and it, uh, it or your bank claiming or your bank, yeah, you, they're your bank and or or UPS or this or that claiming you know you got a package and you know and well you know, it's being held up or this or that and the first the first thing you do look. Every time I buy something, I get an announcement from the company that here's your tracking number. Mm -hmm. I go and save it as a bookmark and track it. And I, you know, I put the day on it. So, you know, I'm waiting for a T-shirt that will come Monday. Um, uh, So it says, you know, tracking T-shirt Monday. If I get an email that says there's a problem with your package, first, you don't get those. UPS does not send those out. You can sign up for them. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't sign up for them, you're not going to get one. So I, I instead of clicking on the link in the email, I go to my bookmark, which has the real tracker on it. Yep. And I look at it. And does it say there's a problem? No, it does not. Therefore, it's spam. It's somebody trying to, to same thing. Hi, we're your bank. Well, first you should tell me which bank it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hi, we're your bank, and there's a problem with your deposit or your whatever, yeah. whatever. Okay, I will go to my browser, and I will log on to my bank at the address that I previously set up, the, the bookmark that I previously made that I know is good, and I will look at my account. Is there a, a message that says there's a problem? No. Huh. That well, must mean that there's not a problem. You know the other alternative thing? What? That little device that you carry around in your pocket? You can actually turn it off and dial a number and talk to a person at a bank. When did that happen? Oh, it's been going on for decades. No. And they'll talk to you and let you know if there's an issue. That's right. The actual people sitting there at the bank where your money is. Unbelievable. What yeah. won't they think of next? Yeah. Speaking of, though, this saga has been going on for me since January, uh, December 30th. What I did is I went on Etsy and I had ordered a shirt for my wife with my our grandson's picture on it. And it got messed up. <clears throat> Due to me. So I, on the 30th, ordered another one because that was my mistake. Supposedly she sent it out. So I waited a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, it said, yeah, here's a tracking number, but it hasn't been picked up yet. It went from December 30th to January 18th yeah. before it got a number. Wow. And I'm thinking, what the heck? So I've been tracking it. It sat in Texas for almost two weeks, and now it's just finally moving up the coast. It's sitting in, I think, uh, Jersey now, and I'm supposed to get it Monday. I'm wondering what the heck this package is going to look like, because it's a white sweatshirt, and all they do is put it in those baggies, you know, those bag things. It probably fell behind something. Yeah. Well, the last time I mailed... Through United Postal Service, you know, one of those priority boxes. 
I learned the hard way that, well, I think I told you this just a couple of weeks ago. I mailed the Christmas cookies to my uh, stepson. Oh, yeah. And the squirrels got at them. They got into the rum balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had some drunken <laughs> squirrel. He goes, yeah, Dad, from now on, if you send anything, please let us know because I can be looking for or require a signature. Okay. Because they got attack squirrels there. Yep. And oh, they yeah. will literally rip any packages apart. Oh, sure. And it's like, no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Um, I, the, this t shirt, UPS, it was supposed to be here Friday. Friday, it was all day long. Delivered by 7 p.m. Friday. Delivered by 7 p.m. Friday. Delivered by 7 p.m. Friday. 7 o'clock, I refreshed the browser. Delivered by 7 p.m. Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've had that happen too. And right now they're saying should be I should have the shirt on Monday at nine PM. Right. Of course it's sitting down in Queens. Right. Okay. We'll see it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Take it over a month to get here. All right. Uh, so speaking of malware. On Wednesday the US Justice Department said that the FBI surreptitiously sent commands to hundreds of infected small office and home office routers, hint, that's what you've got, to remove malware China state-sponsored hackers were using to wage attacks on critical infrastructure. The routers, mainly Cisco and Netgear devices that had reached their end of life, so for all of those of you who haven't upgraded your Netgear routers in a year or two, were infected with what's known as the KV botnet malware, Justice Department officials said. The Chinese hackers from a group ha- uh, tracked as Volt Typhoon used the malware to gather the routers into a network they could control. Traffic passing between the hackers and the compromised devices was encrypted using a VPN module that KV Botnet installed. From there, the campaign operators connected to the network of U.S. critical infrastructure organizations to establish outposts that could be used for future cyber attacks. The arrangement caused traffic to appear as originating from U.S. IP addresses with trustworthy reputations rather than suspicious regions in China. Before the takedown could be conducted legal, remember, it is illegal yeah. to go into somebody else's computer and make a change. Even if you're a good guy fixing a problem. Mm-hmm. Before the takedown could be conducted legally, FBI agents had to receive authority technically for what's called a seizure of infected routers or target devices. From a federal judge. And before and, that could happen, they had to make a law that allowed that. <laughs> exactly. An initial affidavit seeking authority was filed in U.S. federal court in Houston in December. Subsequent requests have been filed since then. To effect these seizures, the FBI issued a command to each target device to stop it from running the KV botnet VPN process. The command also stopped the target device from operating as a VPN node, thereby, thereby preventing the hackers from further accessing target devices through any established VPN tunnel. This command did not affect the target device if the VPN process is not running and and did not otherwise affect the target device, including any legitimate VPN processes installed in the uh, by the owner of the target device. So basically, it was stealth. It would come in and kill the bad stuff and never touch the good stuff. Uh, Wednesday's Justice Department statement said the takedown infected hundreds of infected routers and removed them from a bot from the botnet. And remember. That's not, they're not done. Uh, that's just the start. To prevent the devices from being reinfected, the takedown operators issued additional commands that the affidavit said 
would interfere with the hacker's control over the instrumentalities of the crimes, those target devices, including by preventing the hackers from easily reinfecting the target devices. The affidavit said elsewhere that the prevention measures would be neutralized if the routers were restarted. These devices would then be once again vulnerable to infection. Redactions in the affidavit make, it, uh, make the precise means used to prevent reinfection unclear. Portions that weren't censored, however, indicated the technique involved a loopback mechanism that prevented devices from communicating with anyone trying to hack them. How secure is your network? Give us a call if you dare. 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free 800 seven nine zero zero four one five. That's now, now what's, well, what's, what's sort of especially frustrating about this is if the government could do it and the patches were available, um, does that, you know, why didn't Cisco or, or Netgear do it? Well, and, and because part, the, part of that is because they didn't know who owned them and they didn't have permission to do it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing. The government can override the individual permission to do that, whereas Cisco or Netgear cannot. I've started seeing a new router setups as a checkbox about, do you want us to install updates for you? That's on by default, which I guess is good. Mm-hmm. Is they're, good. A, they're asking you at least. Right. Well, that's no, one, if you give them permission, then they can do that if they need to. Yeah. That's one thing. You kid me about all the different tabs that I have open on yeah. my, my browser. <laughs> one of them happens to be is my calendar. And I, for decades, have gotten in the habit that any, like, standard appointments, picking up the donuts, it's on the schedule. Every mm-hmm. third week, I, I also put in any maintenance things. I go in there <clears throat> and put a uh, schedule uh, as reminders Oh, change the furnace filter or, you know, check the router for updates. I'll check that maybe every four months, you know, just to go in there and see, because it only takes a minute to go quick into the router, log into the router. I'm sitting there at the computer anyways. I can go in and it'll quick go out and check to see if there's any updates for both the router itself and the uh, satellites that I have hooked up. I've got two satellites out. Right. I do the, I do, well, I spent decades as a systems administrator. So that's one of the things I definitely do is administer, administer my systems. You know, um, uh, it's not difficult. It doesn't take much time, but you have to do it. And, and I check every one of my devices, including my printer for updates. Um, I, I, I scrub my logs. To, to see if there's anything, and I've automated that, but I've scrubbed my logs to see if anybody's trying to break in. Mm-hmm. I also do that to my online stuff. Uh, so it's there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to do. You can automate a fair amount of it, but you still have to do it. You yeah, know, you, you have still to do, it do some due diligence on your part because, you know, they are machines and, you know, they can do a lot of great things. But they also need a little help here and there to still do all that stuff. Particularly your router, because that's the outward-facing <laughs> yeah. thing. One of the things that honestly used to worry me was when I had a router from my cable company. Mm-hmm. I don't have control over that. Yeah, they I don't know what's down. in it. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if it ever got updated ever. Yep. I'm might- sure they were they were doing their due diligence, but I didn't know it. You might be able to, to, to control your half of it and set right. your wireless password and things like that, but right. not and the their other thing half. Is, but now that I have Greenlight, I have to run my own router, yep. and I feel much better about it. Well, because, you know, and not to be a skeptic, but uh, the way they uh, 
track everything else now. You're shopping and everything else, you know, uh, <clears throat> especially like the grocery stores and all. They know every little product that you buy, and then all of a sudden they're sending you flyers. Well, you should buy this and this and this. Same there, you know, where you're going, because those routers could be keeping track of where you're going, and they could be selling that information. Yeah, that we got a lot of users going. that are checking out new used or new or used cars from this dealer or that dealer, and selling that information. They make money that way. That's right. It, it's 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 understandable. They're not making enough money. It's not that they're not making money. Right. They're not making enough money to satisfy their shareholders. And remember, shareholders are the customers. You're the product. Uh, and I get it. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, but maybe sometimes I don't want to be a product. And that's why a lot of people put up things like pie holes. Uh, it's a it's a it's a front end router running on a Raspberry Pi that blocks all kinds of ads and all kinds of trackers and all kinds of everything else. Um, and and I get that. You know, if you've got uh, anybody's router, particularly Google's, um, you're, you, I'm sure they're letting their stuff through, if, they, if not anybody else's. Um, but if you've got a pie hole or whatever in place, then, then you're pretty well covered there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard, I get it, um, to, to, to do this ever, all the time. But like Dave says, put it in your calendar. It takes a couple of minutes a month. Uh, if you want to stay secure, a couple of minutes a month is not a lot of work. No. You know, it's, it's just uh, you're it's Saturday afternoon, you're watching a movie, uh, sit at your keyboard while you're doing it and, and uh, take a look at uh, yeah. some things. D- does this need an update? No. Okay, move on. Does this need an update? Yes. Okay, update it. H- how hard is that? So Apparently uh, very. Apparently, apparently very. One of the things you can do is is you can set your system. One of the things you can do is set your system to uh, to to tell you when it needs an update. That requires a little bit of programming, but it can certainly be done. And that's the kind of thing that uh, that a lot of people um, can write very easily and and should. And then you can, you know, once a, once a day. Why not? Pull your systems. Do they need an update? There's an upgrade there. Do they need an update? You know, you can, if you're running Ubuntu, there's a, there's, is it Ubuntu 1? I forget what it's called. Ubuntu Pro. Uh, you can, you can join Ubuntu Pro for free for five computers. If you have more, God love you, you gotta pay. But if you've got up to five computers, Ubuntu Pro will do all your updating for you, um, for free in the background. And uh, and why wouldn't you do that? It's free. Uh, sometimes you got to do a reboot, but uh, it happens. And uh, and there you are. All right, our next caller is Dan, all the way from Colorado. What's up, Dan? How's everybody doing today? Peachy, how are you? Yeah, good. So um, I'm out here in Colorado for a little while, and I used to like to go to a website called Local in One. And it doesn't seem to be working for me. Is there anything wrong with it? Probably. Hold on. What happens when you try? I get a message saying that it's an unsafe site. Oh, yeah, it's not secure because it, it doesn't have a, uh, 
it's a very old site, um, and it doesn't have. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's so, down. It's so, down right now. So it used to be that when you went to a secure website, you got a you got a little padlock. Now, virtually every site is is secure. So when you go to an unsecure website, you get a warning. There should be a button that will say proceed anyway. I understand the risks. Um, or let you see the security certificate. So it could be just the certificate has expired. Um, but if it expired a long time ago and they haven't updated it, then you may not want to trust that site anymore. And I'm quite familiar with that site because I used to update it, but I did not own it. Apparently the owner has stopped stopped it. Oh. And didn't tell me. That's interesting. But uh, so apparently local and one is not currently working. Well, that kind of explains it. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. It's interesting. I'll have to this, reach out to the owner and find out why they're see, not, uh, why they didn't let me know that they're stopped. I see another one called One Local that's supposed to be. Well, basically, Local and One was, was actually just, uh, just doing um, uh, Google News for the city. There was a Rochester.local and one in Buffalo, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and it was just showing the local news. For that city, yeah, I'm just getting a generic Bluehost. Yeah, so um, he's he's yeah. clearly stopped and doing what he's doing and yeah. didn't even tell me. So it is not secure because there is no security certificate. So the message is correct. The message is correct. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of correct. It's exactly. technically correct. Well, yeah, I did miss the uh, local news being out here in Colorado, but I no, I understand local. that, and I could set that up on one of my systems. And a lot of times you can go to. Um, uh, the individual news newspapers and TV stations have their own website with local news. You can also go to Google and say Rochester, New York. Yeah. You know, you go to Google, oh. news.google.com, I think is, is what it yeah. is. And and in the search bar, put Rochester, New York. And poof up comes all, all the Rochesters. Basically what I was doing was uh, using the RSS feed from that. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, thank you much for confirming... Uh, what I was seeing, and uh, have a, a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I will have to reach out to the fella and find out what the story is there. Yeah, if you were using them. Is, is that the, the, the news feed on Ask Nick? No, that's no. separate. The, the Ask Nick news is separate. Um, but, yeah, there's... Uh, there's all kinds of no. Nah, we'll wait. There's uh, there's all kinds of places you can do that. There's a um, a company called what's it called? Protopage. Uh, there's a place called Protopage where you can have a free web page of your own and you can uh, put news uh, RSS feeds on that. Uh, we were talking about um, a couple of um, RSS feeds. That are available uh, for people to use. One is uh, the one that Steve um, Organic likes best. Is called. Uh, ah, can't remember. It's a fluent. Fluent. Um, and uh, it it's uh, it's available. I think for multiple um, fluent. RSS reader, yeah. It, it's uh, it's available, I think, for multiple. 
Yeah, for Doing Windows it. and Linux and Mac and name it. I know it's oh, I know it's available as a Snap, so those of you who use Snaps can install it in one command. All right. That music tells us we are done for the first hour, but do not despair. There's a second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe coming your way, and we've already got somebody waiting on the line, hopefully patiently. But we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, with the folks on the line, and with you. It is 59 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That would be Sound Bites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Take a little bio break. I know I'm going to. Grab a snack, grab a beverage, and uh, and come on back for a whole nother hour. We'll have a lot of chit-chat and a lot of nonsense and hopefully a couple of good answers for you. We will see you in just a couple of minutes. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Grease Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District, Jazz 90.1. Celebrating 50 years on the air in Rochester. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Sound Bites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at four minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites, and we have our friend Scott on the line from Buffalo, New York. Hi, Scott. What's up? Uh, a few years ago, there was a question with, with how the longevity of, of uh, um, what is it, uh, Yahoo. And, and somebody suggested on, on the show that there was another free company called uh, when you use email. I've been using it since then. I love it. I give them, I even have a special account, which I pay money annually on. So, uh, maybe it must have been the fall of 2022, just two years ago, when I began getting emails that said, that said, we're going to change something with our, with our sign on or whatever it is, uh, at mail.com. Uh, uh, send us your email address and your password. And I suspect it was a spam, so I didn't do it. Uh, all of 2023, I kept getting the same message. And now in 2024, I'm getting the same message. I have no way to know how to verify whether it's true or not. I'm not sure what you could say about it, but I have no way to tell it whether it's true that I actually, when I respond to it and put my password in, I don't want to do that. Right. Well, a couple of things. Are they asking you to first check to see who the email is coming from? Yeah, click on the name in in the um, email itself, and it should show you the address it's coming from, and it should be something at mail.com. Right. It's always something. Well, the response is always on something with Google. It may say that's, that's fake. Right. right. If, if, if it's something. If it's not at mail.com, 
if the address the thing is coming from is not mail.com, then it's fake. And if it's the address they want you to reply to is not mail.com, it's fake. It's fake. Also, when you log in at mail.com, do you get the same message? No. Then it's fake. Yep. I only get it in my inbox. Yep. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. You would get, I know of no company that will send you an update message in your email and not put it on their website. Ah, great. Thank you very much. And no company should ask for your password in an email. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You can forward that message. Um, let see if they use the standard abuse at mail.com to, uh, yeah. to let them know this is happening, and they might be able to um, track it down a little more. Right. Right. But you were wise, but you were wise not to uh, fall for their trick. Yeah. I have to research to find out what the official abuse is. Yeah right. But but I and I will forward it to them. I mean, it's it's a year and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, once you know it's it's truly spam, you can create a filter that says "Don't show me these anymore." Ah. Oh, very good. Great. And that depends on which mail program you're using as to how to do filters or rules. Some mail programs call it right. And and usually um, the best way, I think, to do that is probably by subject line. Ah, okay. That's the, that's the other way to know it's fake, is if, if, if you look at the sender of each message, and if the sender is different on each, mes- each exactly. message, that's another way to know it's a fake message. Because oh, they yeah. do that, so you can't block a sender, because then it keeps coming because it came from a different sender. Right. Ah, very good. Well, thank you, guys. All right, have fun. All right, bye. Stay warm. I tend to, all winter long, I tend to think of Buffalo in two feet of snow. Yeah. I know it's not right now, but it's, it's you know, it's kind when of... They, when they have to shovel the stadium out, it is. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. Yeah. That just reinforces the image in my head is all that does. Yeah. Uh, but just, yeah, when, when you get an email, one of the things that almost all email programs do is if you hover your mouse over the... Um, address it'll show you what the real address it's coming from is um not always on the mac you have to click the little down arrow next to the sender's name and then it shows you the real address yeah it also depends on the email program and i get that too so uh that's the kind of thing you have to be aware of and and you can generally check um uh where the email address is really coming from and you know Microsoft is not going to send things out via Gmail. Yep. Duh. And vice versa. Google's not going to send things out from Microsoft.com. So when you get an email, the first line of defense is your brain. And the first thing your brain should tell you you is, does this make sense? Does where this is coming from make sense? Yeah. I just found a a blog uh, from a... um, company called MalwareTips.com. Um, I don't know if it's tips for malware or against malware. <laughs> uh, but this is from July of 23, and uh, it talks about the Upgrade Your Mailbox phishing scam. Apparently it was widespread back then yeah, and uh, may still be in for some services now. So as we mentioned earlier, if somebody gets your email 
address and password. They can log into your email account and then start intercepting change my password requests from your banks and from your you know Amazon and PayPal and then log into those accounts and steal your money. Well, keeping yourself somewhat safer um, would be to um, enable two-factor authentication. So when you go to log into somewhere, it's a pain in the neck because now you got to yep. you know put in the code that goes to your phone. But you know what? You're still better off. We had a customer this morning that's that said they they've been getting these um, um, uh, someone's logging into your Apple ID. Do you want to allow it from Mexico? <laughs> Okay, well, one, that means someone's got your password. Exactly. The only way to get that message is someone has your password and they are trying to log in. So change your password immediately. Immediately. Um, are you in Mexico right now? No. Then it's not you. Right. <laughs> Say don't allow. Is is a family member in Mexico? And why are they using your account? But, yeah, is a family member. So one thing that's weird is in our, our office in Victor, when I'm going through with customers, it always says someone in Canandaigua. Oh. Because apparently that's where our internet that's Hub is. right. So, I've, I've had that question a number of times. Right, right. I've had that question a number yeah. of times. People say the the system thinks I'm in such and so a city when I'm not. Well, that's where your ISP is reporting that they right. are. Especially if you're on a cell phone data right. connection, you don't you know you don't know what city the cell phone knows you're in. Right, or, or think, but, or but on or a Wi-Fi connection, it's usually closer. Because yeah. you go into the tower, the tower goes to the local office, the local office goes to the head office, the yep. head office goes to the, you know, whatever. And, and by then, now they're reporting that you're in some other state, but that's how that works. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Mike from Caledonia, New York. What's up, Mike? Hi, good afternoon. Hi. I was, I was just wondering, um, I have old tapes from when I was in a band in the 60s and 70s. And I'd like to share them with the old bandmates that live around the country now. Is there any kind of a free service that I could load them, upload them to that they could then go into and listen to them if they wanted? Uh, you could do YouTube, but that's mostly for video. Um, but you can just do audio on YouTube as well. Right. Uh, right. One of the big premier sound sharing services is SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. They have a... Um, uh, I'm trying to check what their free tier is and what it what it allows you to do for free versus the the pay tiers. Um, but that that's very common for people uh, uh, making their own music. We'll upload it to SoundCloud. Uh, right, apparently, right. Apparently cheaper than uh, than um, um, getting a record pressed and trying to get it onto a radio station. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and YouTube, you say I can do audio files to that as well? Sure. Yep. Yeah, you. Okay. It, it might ask you for a, a thumbnail to put up, so there's mm -hmm. some sort of picture. Yeah, but you yeah, could just take a picture of the band and make that it. You know, whatever you want to do. Yep. Right. Okay. Great. Thank you for your help. Yep. Enjoy. Appreciate. It. I wonder if we should put sound bites on SoundCloud. Depends on what the price is. Yeah, exactly. I can't find the price anywhere, which. That tells you it's a big price. Right. I have to sign in or create an account. I don't want to do either of those. I want to know how much it's going to cost first. Right. It says, well, get your hundred, your first hundred listeners. Oh, okay. I, I don't want I want to know what the price is going to be. <laughs> let's, let's ask Google SoundCloud pricing. Five bucks a month. That's not too bad. But no. it's five bucks a month. That's the first premium tier for users and it's called SoundCloud Go. 
you can use it for free. Right, you can you can use it for free, but and to, then well, I'm seeing nine ninety nine a month after thirty day free trial. Right. Oh, here it is. Yeah, four ninety nine a month, ad free listening, and save tracks for offline. Ten ninety nine a month, you get the full catalog. You can mix tracks and you get high quality audio. So that sounds like yeah, if you want to upload your own, uh, eh, five or ten bucks a month. So, but if you yeah, if you are an actual musician and you're selling music. Now it's a good way to, right, to right, get, your, right. get your name out. Uh, well, I see that all the time. Uh, for, I'm on various lists, you know. Yep. Listen to us on SoundCloud. For me, listening is free. Yeah. So if you, you want to listen to stuff on SoundCloud, it's free. And in fact, um, um, popular musicians get paid yep. by SoundCloud. Uh, uh, you know, a thousandth of a penny per stream, probably. But the point is you get you get paid. Yeah. Um, and so for some musicians, then 10 bucks a month is not a lot of money. Also in terms of uh, advertising themselves, right? I mean, we, we've seen a number of, of musicians who were discovered on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it to them to pay 10 bucks a month in, in hopes of being discovered. So yep. uh, I get that. I do. There's, uh, and it's for people that, that hate Google and don't want to use YouTube. <laughs> But yeah, so so YouTube, everyone always thinks is is, is video, but there's also um, other things too. There's a lot of music, uh, and not always music video. Sometimes it's just music is there as well, and and you can upload any audio or video file you want okay. onto your account. So apparently for SoundCloud, uh, basic pricing is zero. You can upload three hours of your music. Okay, that's it. Um, pro a month or period? Period. Ah. Uh, pro unlimited is twelve bucks a month, and it's unlimited uploads. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know pinning your tracks and blah 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 blah. Um, and repost, I don't know what that means. Is two and a half bucks a month, which lets you distribute tracks to all major music services. Oh, so you can say to some other service, mm. get it on SoundCloud. Okay, I get that. Um, all right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Gerald from Webster, New York. What's up, Gerald? Hi, uh, good afternoon. Uh, I'm calling in. I called you uh, oh, two or three months ago and um, uh, had a uh, – let me turn my radio down here. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. if you would, please, because it doesn't make for okay, very good that, radio. And can you turn my headphones up a little? No, apparently not. Okay, go ahead. You can do it there. He's he's already maxed. Okay, go ahead, Gerald. Gerald? (laughs) He turned his radio off, which turned his phone off. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, go ahead, Gerald. Gerald? Gerald? Hello? No. Gerald? We lost him. Is Is his phone in another county? His radio, I mean? Sounds like I don't he's know. in this car. Oh, maybe. No, hold on a minute. I can turn you up over here. Gerald? And is that Gerald? Once, yeah, but, you know, once again, this is a school district that wasn't <laughs> meant for uh, phone call uh, uh, radio shows. <laughs> right. Oh, but if he was in his car doing Bluetooth through his phone. If he turned his radio off instead of down. 
Right. That might have broken the phone connection. Right. Well, he just tried calling again. I'll see if he does. And then he drove into a um, cellular blind spot. Yeah, dead, uh, <laughs> dead That's possible, too. Yeah. That's possible, too. Um, yeah, we are... Uh, computers are, are our thing. Phone systems are not. Uh, we're not... Uh, that's not our, our main focus. Right, exactly. Dave will talk about radios, but none, none of us do uh, phones as such. Um, Hold down their beast. Although we'll do the, we'll we'll talk about uh, iOS and uh, and Android. So. Android systems and that, yeah, yeah. Computer and computer adjacent. Computer adjacent. <laughs> exactly. That's our. Uh, it, it's a phone, but but it's really a computer. That- yeah, it's really a computer. It's more powerful. You know, the 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 chip in most watches is more powerful than what we took to the moon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the sixties and seventies, so. I remember they just first came out was, you know, when you get a birthday card, all of a sudden you open it up and it start playing the tune. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and someone was telling me that the power in that little chip was more power than you, power than you had on your desktop yep. when the uh, IBMs first came out. Yeah, that's exactly right. We, we don't think about how much computing power, yeah. right. That we have at our fingertips in everything these days. It had it was a 16-bit computer, the Apollo guidance computer, but 15 data bits and one parity bit. Right. Um, it had core rope memory. Yep. Rope memory. Yes. Yes. And, and there was a person in the beginning who hand wound those yep. cores. And, and the uh, the disky the SKY display and keyboard. Right. There's jokes about Buzz Aldrin was really um, uh, uh, selfish about his disky. No one touches his disky. Yeah, right, 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 in right. The lunar right. module because I'm the, running that computer. Yep. Well, the, we used to laugh, and you know, folks used to joke about uh, two megahertz. Yeah. Megahertz. Yep. <laughs> Dick Tracy and the watch. Yep. You yeah. Know, the phone and the watch, and it's two way like, wrist radio. Yeah. Like, and then two-way wrist TV. Yeah. Yep. That was science fiction. Or going to the moon. I was just right. talking about someone today, and I, I can do video calls on my watch now. Yeah, exactly right. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it's, no, it's not science fiction anymore. It's not, it's not science yeah. fiction. It hasn't been that long, folks. Yep. I mean, since the 80s, you know, computers have evolved so much to where now... You know, you, you can't go into a, a big uh, department store... And see any big boxes. They're all either laptops, tablets, or phones. I mean, we've gotten down to that much miniaturization. Yeah. Or a mini tower for someone that still needs to talk. The funny right. thing about most of the mini towers, it's a, it's a laptop motherboard inside the mini tower. You're right. Because yeah. you think you're going to use those bays, and you never do. Right. I, I do. I need at yeah. least two hard drives. At least. Mm-hmm. That's one of the one of the only differences in in Apple's product line between the two thousand dollar studio and the four thousand dollar pro is the pro has PCI slots. Right. Otherwise it's pretty much the same chip. Uh if you need slots, you get the expensive one. If you don't need slots, you can do everything through Thunderbolt. You can get the right. Right. the cheaper one at, at only two grand. <laughs> well, I had a friend uh he was complaining because you know he got one of these laptops and it was a small screen. Yeah. He goes, Yeah, he goes, I wish I just had a bigger one. Said, Wait a minute. I says, in your computer room, because I've seen his setup by that, I says, you've got a 42-inch TV sitting on the wall. Yeah. 
plug that into it. Yeah. I can do that? Yeah, yeah it's the HDMI cable. He goes, I got an extra one of those. <laughs> yeah, he's, now he's a happy little he camper. He has you can gone probably plug totally bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Now that he's got this huge screen that he can sit there and put all these different things up on it and that, and it's like, oh, I don't mind the little laptop. <laughs> have, you, have you showed him that he can have two different screens? Yeah. <laughs> so you can have stuff here and stuff yeah, there yeah, separately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm always amused uh, at people who do, how did you do that? It's built right in. You just tell it it's two separate screens and it works. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Now, again, it depends on how powerful your computer is yeah. as to how well I it works. Wanna, yeah, do it on some old, you know, 10-year-old laptop that I re- was ready for, you know, maybe Linux or that, that was running Windows XP on it. Right, 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 right. It worked. Yeah. You can't say it didn't work. No. Yeah. But it didn't work well or yeah. quickly. Um, but, but we win- did less than. Yeah, Windows 7, though, out of all the Windows <laughs> products... <laughs> I gotta admit, Windows Seven because we're still running it at work uh, it was was and still is such a rock solid system as far as an operating system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Granted, it had its shares of holes and this and that, but you didn't get the patches like we were getting SP one and SP two for all these others. You know, and my favorite Windows Eight. Yeah, you know, I know you love that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right up there. <coughs> right up something. Get hit there by a runaway garbage truck. Yep. Just talking about that with a customer the other day that, that everyone loved Windows 7. Windows came out. Everyone hated it because it was designed for a touchscreen. And no one had touchscreens then. Right. Yeah. Um, and by the time 8.1 came out and... I tried removed, it on a touchscreen. Yeah. It was still crap. Yeah. So 8.1 hid most of that touchscreen stuff and went back to mouse and keyboard. Yeah. But it was too late. Everyone hated 8. Right. So they skipped nine and came out with ten, and so ten got popular. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then that's also the every other version of Windows is good. Right. Seven right. was good, eight is bad. We'll skip nine because it, w- it would be uh, uh, good. No. So ten is good, but eleven, I guess, eleven, no one, no one cares about eleven because you're still running ten. Right. <laughs> well, we used to say the same thing about 11 DOS. Eleven shows up without you knowing it. When DOS came out, I mean, you know, DOS 4... 4.0, I'll never forget that. It came out, and that was rock solid, where, say, DOS 3.30 uh, came out, and then they had to have 3.1 and 3.2 and 3.3. But f- then they rolled out 4, and it was like, oh, this the was... problem with Windows 7 was that Microsoft didn't make money if you kept using it. No. Yep. Well, that was the problem with, with 7. any of their operating system, yep. any company. That's why even, you know, we complained about the cell phones. You used to be able to switch out batteries, yeah, and then they'd last longer, and the phone companies didn't like that because you weren't buying the latest and greatest product that they could make money on, and their shareholders didn't like that. And that's why there's all the expectations, uh, and uh, and it's been said a couple of times in, in some places that Windows is going to a subscription model. Where Microsoft you, has been telling their, yep. their investors that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's got to be true. They wouldn't tell their investors that if it wasn't true. They just keep putting it off because they're not good at it. Apparently, yeah. they haven't they haven't made it happen yet. So it's uh, we're, we're already have subscription fatigue for you know 
uh, video streaming services, and we're going to end up with subscription fatigue for our operating system. Yep. Not me. Right. Yep. <laughs> that's where it's getting very competitive, though, when you you got the different you know uh, subscriptions now that we used to be able to do with the uh, you know uh, Spectrum and all those. That you know, if you're going to leave them, because I just ran into that, I was ready to drop uh, Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, and they wanted 130 bucks, and I go, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. Well, what if we were to give you a full year for half that price? Oh mm. yeah. You say no, and see if they go a third of the price. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but I said, all right, you'll do it for uh, 60 bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, no problem. Full year, and you get, and he threw in the other one. Too. Yep, uh, yep. It was uh, Showtime. Is is Paramount's is partnering with Showtime? Yeah, yeah. They so we, I wound up getting two for, for half price, half, half the price. Yep. So I think a lot of these services, you know, if you say, "Yeah, hey, no, I'm going to walk away," they're going to sit there because everybody now is fighting to get yep. your subscription services. You know, Netflix and YouTube. And all these other Peacock and Hulu, and they've started adding ads to the to the free or not free the for, to the the less expensive tier, right? So now, if you want no ads like you used to get, you got to pay more, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know now we pay to get ads. Listen, folks, give us a call five eight five nine six six jazz. That's nine six six five two nine nine. Toll free eight hundred seven nine zero zero four one five. We only got about a minute, so we probably won't take the call uh, at this point, but but call for the next segment. So do you have streaming fatigue? How do you decide which streaming services to keep? Do you subscribe to one, binge watch a show, and then cancel it? And But they're hoping you're going to get hooked on this next show and, and won't cancel it? Right. Like We're, well, stu- we're kind of stuck. We have to have Paramount because of all the Star Trek stuff. Right. The same, the same thing is true of, of cable. Yep. A lot of people are cutting the cord. The first question to ask yourself is, how? When was the last time you watched cable? Yeah. First and secondly, how much of that cable do you watch? And third, where could you get that show elsewhere? Yeah. Well, that's why I like about the Sling, and then they've got the DVR service. Right. So I can go ahead and record it, and I love it because then I can sit there, like you said, Steve. You know, all these commercials. I sit there with the button, go, buzz right out through it, and. Yep. On to the next one. So, you know, an hour show now is all said in just 40 minutes. Right. Although some of the streaming services now, you can't skip the commercials. Right. Uh, the YouTube TV DVR, some of the commercials you can't skip. Some you can. It's show by show. Right. And uh, and the same Google TV. Yep. Uh, you, you get nine months. You can record everything, and it'll be there for nine months. All right. We are going to take a quick break. Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299-1-800-790-0415. We'll be back with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. 30 minutes after the hour, Sound Bites, member-supported Jazz 90.1. Computer talk you can understand. More Sound Bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Henry. I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites. And you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free, 800-790-0415. We're still having, uh, still having phone issues. Okay. All right. 
Maybe not. Keep trying, folks. We'll figure it out at some point, I think. Yeah, it's just not connected. Okay. Yeah, all right. That's, that's the way it is. Okay, we'll just keep talking then. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention the later. Which one of these do I want to talk about first? All right, that's, that's the way it is. Hello? Okay, we'll just keep talking then. Yeah. Um, oh, probably the one that's more interesting to people is uh, Samsung integrated the Google Assistant into its TVs back in 2020. But now that whole project is dead. Google Assistant isn't exactly rare on TVs with the voice assistant available on virtually all Android TV and Google TV products. It has also made its way to some other platforms, including Samsung's Tizen, T-I-Z-E-N. In 2019, Samsung announced that the 2020 model year for its TV sets... Google Assistant would be on board. That continued through the next few lineups and was available alongside Amazon's Alaska. But for Samsung's 2023 lineup, Google Assistant suddenly disappeared. If you look back through Samsung's 2023 TV sets, Google Assistant is nowhere to be found. Now, Samsung is confirming that Google Assistant will no longer be available on its TVs, including existing models. On a support page, Samsung says that Google Assistant will be removed for all sets with the functionality as of March 1st, 2024. Samsung cites a change in Google's policy, which probably is corporate speak for they wanted more of our money, which prevents Assistant from continuing on their devices, but it's not clear exactly what the company is referring to. Notably, LG also integrated Google Assistant on its WebOS-based TVs back in 2018, and there's no sign of that changing thus far. An LG support page still references Assistant. And last month, LG and Google announced a deeper partnership for LG TVs that includes Chromecast support. All Samsung TVs that had Google Assistant will see the functionality removed in March. Did you use Assistant on a Samsung TV? Give us a call if you can. 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free eight hundred seven nine zero zero four one five. So they're going to go into everyone's TV and remove Google Assistant. Yeah, haven't we talked about that only fifty times in the last yeah. two weeks? Mm-hmm. That's uh, that'll be interesting. That's like Amazon going in and taking away people's books, which they've done, yeah. by the way, in the past. Um, it's not as big a deal as you might think because for fifteen bucks you can buy a Chromecast. And if you've got a um, HDMI port on the back of your TV, you can stick a $15 Chromecast in there. You not only get Google Assistant, but you get all the other Google stuff. So, yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I also just bought, uh, as as many of you know, I spent uh, um, most of the summer in in rehab for a, a ripped, torn up thigh quadricep muscle on my thigh. Um, so I didn't see any movies. I didn't watch any television. I didn't do any, any of that stuff. Um, so I, I didn't see uh, uh, a bunch of movies. And I had a bunch of money sitting in my Google Pay account from uh, doing the Google, um, what do they call them? Surveys. Surveys. Uh, and uh, so I just bought a couple of movies. So I have a couple of free movies, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I will be watching those uh, today, and they and they and they appear in my little uh, Google Movie Library, which I access through my little fifteen dollar Google Chromecast, <laughs> and I can watch all of those movies. And I've got a lot of movies because back in the day when Google first started doing this, they gave away free movies. Google Opinions. 
Google Opinions, that's what it's called. Google it's a, Rewards. Yeah. Google Rewards. Opinion Rewards. Right. Um, but back in the day, they used to give away movies. I've got a lot of movies um, that that normally I would not have bought, but, you know, yeah. they're free. Yeah. Um, right and price. So, right price. Plus I, plus I bought a bunch. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, spend a lot of money on... on DVDs, I spent a lot of money on the digital stuff. Although I've been ordering, uh, I've been ordering DVDs now too because I have Plex, which is a server in my home that I can rip a DVD to, put it up there and put it up there and watch it. Which is actually better because then, because DVDs can get scratched, they can exactly you know um, hiccup during playing and ruin them and everything right. else whereas if you've got the digital versions right they're good forever and and a lot of companies now when you buy a dvd you get the blu-ray the dvd and the digital version mm-hmm. okay thank you i'll take that digital version put it on my plex server yeah. the big the big thing is that it's only in my home uh so i don't feel there's, it's a gray area and has been for the mm-hmm. last 30 years as to whether or not ripping your a DVD you bought for your personal use is illegal or not. Um, There's conflicting laws. The DMCA says right. you can't, but the uh, another part of copyright law says you're allowed to make a backup copy. Right. So who knows whether which of those is true or not true. Um, so we're... Can't still be a hundred percent. Just can't be. I'm plugging that in now. There we go. Um, but yeah, so I don't know that it's legal or not. But one of the things you can do with Plex is connect it to the outside world. So you know, if I'm uh, theoretically the the idea is if I'm out of the house, mm-hmm. I can watch my movies. But that also opens you up to, hey Steve, here's my address. Yeah. You know, so um, that's you know that is what it is. Oh, I seem to have and, closed yeah. that. Uh, Any anytime you're sharing data out of your own house, there's the potential that someone else could get in. Um, in fact, wasn't uh, wasn't the last pass um, um, breach started with a out of date Plex server? Yep, I think it was. Uh, an engineer had taken company data home and logged in on a on a computer, and the Plex server he hadn't updated. So run your updates. Right. All right, it looks like uh, we have a phone call, which is very exciting. Tom from Brighton, New York. What's up, Tom? Um, so, you know, we all get uh, emails of promotions and from vendors and things like that. I don't, I like, I like getting some of them. For instance, uh, you know, like Home Depot and, and a few other companies. Sure. But I don't want to get them every single day. So how can we, you know, Cull it down so that it only comes in, let's say, once a week or once every two, three days. Depends on the company you're getting them from. With some of them, um, you can go to the mail. The, uh, some of them have a link at the bottom of the email that says email preferences. Or subscription options. Subscription options, something along that line. And you yeah. go to that page and it will say, send me a, a summary once a week. Send me things every day. Send me yeah. stuff about this but not about that. Right. right, so you can do that. Um, they're all supposed to have an unsubscribe button. And, th- and that can be dangerous. If it's a legitimate message that really came from Home Depot, Costco, whatever, unsubscribe will work. 
until they buy your address again and put you back on the right. list. If it's a fake message, in fact, I just my email now, I just got a fake message from Costco, um, and it came. It says it came from iCloud.com. Nice. So I'm, I'm sure Costco would use an iCloud address to send me a flyer. Um, right. So if I hit this unsubscribe button, um, then they'll know I read the message, and they'll know I clicked the link, and so they'll send me more fake messages. Right. So never unsubscribe from a fake message. Because uh, it just it just makes it even worse, right? But you can't. Most of the legitimate companies do have some sort of email preferences link, and, mm-hmm. and as, as long as you know it's a legitimate yeah. company sending you their real stuff, then you can you can go in and say, "I only want the summary once a week," sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah, recently, I've been getting quite a few from, like, for instance, Harbor Freight and Lowe's. And- well, they're legitimate companies. That doesn't mean the email is legitimate. So you want to, like we said earlier, check where sure. it's really coming from. If it's not coming from Lowe's.com or Home Depot.com, it's not legitimate. Well, sometimes it gets tricky because it comes from a mailing subscription service. My like, mailing subscription service, yeah. it comes from Nick at AskNick.com. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And I had to set that up. In fact, yep. I recently had to upgrade the security on that. Yeah. So if so, if that company does not offer that service, then there's nothing you can do because they are sending the messages out. Now, most companies realize that people don't want to get inundated by email, and and I would I would hope they wouldn't send messages mail more than once a week, once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. They give you yeah. the option, many yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them will give you the option. We, we, okay. we tell our customers, you know, you know once or twice a month because we, right. <laughs> we really don't want to inundate you. Well, one of the things that's interesting, I do a newsletter, Ask Nick, send it out every week. And I have had people say, I'd love to sign up, but I'm getting so much email. How often does your email come out? Mm-hmm. Once a week. Oh, that's okay. That yeah. I can do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just have to, you know, stay on top of that and make sure that, uh, that they're legitimate emails to begin with. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Bye. Thanks, Tom. And then once you get yourself on a mailing list, it's it's virtually impossible to get off of it. Absolutely. That's why, you know, there are, you can filter email. Um, there are places that will not take you off an email list. Yep. And uh, especially if it's fake emails, you can't block the sender because they use a random sender address every time. Uh, they, they put gibberish characters in the subject so you can't filter by subject right it's a cat and mouse between the filters and the and the bad guys well it's one of the things i like about having a gmail address google is very good about blocking spam yep um very good about it all right back to the phones our next caller is now that the phones are working rich from rondacoit new york hi rich what's up hello i've got a few questions about NPass. Uh-huh. I know you guys love that. I have uh, LastPass, and I don't love it, and so I'm about to switch to NPass. However, uh, do you think I should go to Windows 11 from 10 before I install NPass? It doesn't matter. Doing that doesn't matter. It de- well, it depends on how you save your NPass data. If you're saving your NPass data in, in a web, in, a, in an Internet file somewhere... Dropbox or Google Drive or any one of those, then it simply doesn't matter because whatever computer you're on, you're getting the same thing every time. Okay, okay. 
But um, does uh, NPASS, uh, is the, uh, all my uh, passwords automatically trickle into NPASS from LastPass, or must I enter them individually? Theoretically, you can export from, from LastPass uh, and into NPASS. How does that happen? Is that pretty obvious on the screen? How I do that? Import, export. Um, yeah, you start in LastPass and export your data. That, so, so they have um, t- uh, tech notes for it. Um, and so in, in your current password manager, you export, usually as a CSV file, comma-separated value. Um, and then in NPASS, um, uh, you go to import and uh, point it to that CSV file you exported. I see. So in LastPass, you go to more options, advanced, export. They're hiding it from you. Yeah. Say that once more, Nick. More options, advanced, export. Okay. When one turns on their computer, must one activate their vault? Or does it come on automatically and fill in passwords automatically? You can set it to do either. It is settable. Yeah, so I I have mine set to automatically start LastPass, excuse me, NPASS, when I start my computer. Ah. It's in the startup menu. Thank you. I, uh, that really helps. One more thing about printers. My printer, a Canon, uh, will not print. It makes all of those jumbled up noises. And whether it's a, a copy or a uh, document from my computer, it, the, 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 the sheet of paper will come out white. It doesn't print. And you said That's... maybe the print head needs cleaning, so I've done that with the uh, on the printer itself, clean print heads didn't do anything. It made a lot of noises, but still won't print. Does do the I head have to manually clean the print heads? Does the head go back and forth like it thinks it's printing? Yes. Yeah, it makes a lot of noises. Sure, it's, normal noises. So it, it may not. It may it may not be the print head. It may be the ink lines, and oh. you may have to replace the print head if it's too badly clogged. So if cleaning doesn't help, usually the next step is replace the print head. But on many printers, um, it, that would cost more than replacing yeah, the, the printer. whole printer. Right. Steve uh, Organic, who's yeah. in our Sunday night chats. By the way, anybody can join us in our Sunday night chats. Um, it, it has exactly that same problem. He just ordered a new print head for his Canon printer. Uh, so we'll see what, if that solves this problem. What, do you remember what model your printer is offhand? Uh, 5520, I believe, and uh, PIXMA, P-I-X-M-A, Canon. Let's see if the... Yeah, so, well, here's from Canon Canada. You can replace the print head. How to replace the print head. Finding a place to buy it it would be the the first tricky step. And, yeah, so so the the thing that all the cartridges fit into is um, the print head. And so... If that gets too clogged, then you have to replace the little print head. I'm trying to, I'm, so it's. I found in pictures on how to do it, but it doesn't say where to buy it from. Maybe, maybe Amazon. Probably, probably. Okay. Um, did you just say that the print head is connected to the area where the cartridges go into? Right. Each each of the six cartridges goes into a, a receptacle on the the print head assembly. 
the whole the print head itself is the whole big thing that moves back and forth. Yes, yes. Okay. I'm somewhat handy. I'm going to play with that. And if, if all else fails, I get out the wallet and open a new one. Thank yeah, you. start with uh, cleaning out the nozzles with a little uh, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. I, and, and make sure you compare that against replacing the printer, because if you, if you get a new printer, you get all the new features, a new quality, new warranty. So if it's you know fifty bucks to replace the print head and a hundred bucks to buy a new printer, right? Yeah, uh, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Okay, gentlemen, thanks a lot. I contribute to you and I also to Nick once a year for your ask Nick. Ah, that rich. Thank okay, you. thank you, Rich. Thank you, thank you. Bye bye now, guys. Have fun. Yeah, Rich is Rich is one of my subscribers, which I appreciate. Thank you, Rich. I used to like some of the the old, early HP inkjet printers, where the head was in the cartridge, the ink tank. Yes, yes. And so every time you replace the ink, you put a new head in. Right. That made it more expensive to replace. It did, but it meant you got a clean head every time. Right. And if you if you were one of those people who didn't print often and the head got clogged, replace the cartridge, you're done. Yep. And then they started separating that, so the ink tank and the print head are two separate pieces. Um, and some printers, you can't replace the ink head. All right. Our next caller is Dan, back from Colorado. What's up, Dan? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, I have a Amazon Echo Dot, and I'd really like to boost the treble. Uh, I have some hearing issues, and it seems to be too basic. Um. Echo Dot's kind of a tinny little speaker anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, I see an article on adjusting the equalizer settings. In your Alexa app uh, on your phone, um, there is a setting to adjust uh, audio settings. Ooh, happy day. We'll see how, it, how well it works, but it does work. You can also just simply say, turn up the bass. Or turn up the treble. Or turn up the mid-range. Yeah. Yeah, I tried that or something like that. Didn't seem to do it. Um, yeah. And you can, to... and it, it also um, uh, goes from like minus six to, I forget what the other one, what the other end is, 10? Maybe it's 10? I don't remember. Plus six? I don't remember. 11. Goes up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> And is there a way to uh, attach the Echo Dot uh, or Alexa to uh, my hearing aid? So, not that I know of. The, not the inexpensive Echo Dot, no. I don't believe any of them do. You need Bluetooth. Uh, and I don't believe and it. Yeah, the phone could go to the hearing aid or the phone could go to the Dot or the Echo if, if it was Bluetooth. But I don't know if you could do the hearing aid to the speaker. So right. that, it's, it's putting two speakers together. There's not, nothing for the audio to come from, maybe. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right, thanks. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what comes of, of no more manuals. Yeah. You know, I get that. Uh, you got to look everything up nowadays. But, yeah, you can adjust at least some of the audio settings on most of them, really. Yeah. Um, and, again, you can just say Alaska... Boost the treble. Right, so. And what's interesting is that I didn't think any of them had more than one speaker cone in it. So they're, they're all mid-range speakers. How do you get right. any bass or treble? They fake it. Yeah. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Bill from Greece, New York. What's up, Bill? Hi, guys. Love your show. Thanks. Uh, the man that had the problem with the printer, 
Right. Printers also have a waste tank. Ah, yeah. And if that waste tank gets full, you can do all the cleaning and print head changing you want, and it's not going to print. And I don't think there's a way to tell if the waste tank is full. That's an interesting point. Sometimes it's not an actual tank. It's a sponge yeah. Yeah. that that sits under the print head. So when the print head moves out of the way, you might be able to see the sponge that soaks up the excess ink. And can you change that or just squeeze it out? Rinse it out? Well, yeah, if if you try to pick it up, it's going to be full of ink and get ink everywhere. Right. My advice to the man would be to buy a new printer. They're cheap enough. Well, that's true. And some people like to tinker and want to to fix this. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But you're right, Bill. Uh, uh, These days... When you're talking about inkjets, it's almost always cheaper to buy a new printer uh, than to fix the old one. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Bill. I keep you're right. I keep forgetting about the waste waste tank. Thanks, Bill. That's because I, I don't I don't I just don't think of, nobody thinks you, about it. And usually the printer will tell you if the waste tank is full, like it tells you the ink uh, ink is empty. We used to remember the the solid ink uh, crayon jet printers. We used oh, to call yes. them the waste tank. Um, when we emptied that out, um, uh, one of the, one of our customers put them all up on on, on like your cubicle wall, and it looked like a little village because uh, you know it was little stalagmites, right, right, right. You know, growing from where the ink was dripping down the solid ink. It was That's really cool. very funny. Um, I don't know if you can change the waste tank. I just found a video on the. Canon 5200. It says solving waste tank issues. Oh, it looks like he's just pushing buttons on the front panel to tell the waste tank it's it's not full. Oh, there is a waste container door, and you can take out the waste container and put the new one in. Apparently, that's a Canon copier. No, it's yeah, not and the Pixma. bigger and the bigger ones. Yeah, that's not the. It's not yeah, the, the, yeah, the Pixma 5200, 50, did he say? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. <coughs> Half the problem is getting the covers off. I've got an HP laser printer um, that there's a jam inside of it somewhere that I can't reach through the ordinary doors. So it's on my list of i got to take all the covers off to start pulling pieces out right. to get that one stupid piece of paper out of it so the printer can be used again. The pressure unit reports the almost full tank by repeatedly shining the orange control lamp eight times and the green lamp once in succession. You cannot print, you cannot do something once in succession. <laughs> blink. Blink. It's, that's one blink multiple times. No, then that's multiple blinks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's blink, blink, blink. Space. Blink, blink, blink. Space. <laughs> All right. What's a blink? Exactly yeah. right. All right. On that note, sour though it may be, we are done for another week. I want to thank Dave Enright. I want to thank Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. I want to thank everybody who called in and everybody who was patient enough to call back when we needed them to. We appreciate that as well. Uh, but that's it for another week. Uh, join us. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m., head over to soundbites.org slash lounge. Refresh the screen after 9 p.m. And you can join us in the video chat. Uh, You're welcome to to join us. You do not have to turn your camera on if you do not wish to. That is entirely in your control. 
but we'd love to have you join us and uh, and ask your questions and and do whatever we're doing there. We're done for another week. Be good to one another, will you? We will see you in just 166 hours.